Welcome to Real Estate Rewind, the podcast that takes you back to where it all started. Nick Baldwin talks to top producers from all levels and brokerages in real estate about how they built the businesses they have now and achieved success through failure. Now, here's your host, Nick Baldwin. Hey everyone, it's Nick Baldwin. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Rewind. And I sit down every week and I talk with top real estate agents across the country about how they overcame obstacles on their way to success. And today I am with Mel Parsons. And Mel is passionate about connecting with people. She believes that each one of us carries a story that deserves to be told. Mel went from delivering babies as a midwife to selling homes in real estate. She believes the processes have incredible parallels and will never run out of birth analogies in the home buying and selling process. In 2015, she decided to, quote, give real estate a try, and she quickly fell in love with the new role and the thrill of helping home buyers and sellers through something risky and stressful, not unlike welcoming a new baby. By 2017, it was inevitable that she needed to keep up the high-level service she is known for, and she would need to grow a team. So Mel runs a team of heart-centered go-getters out of HomeSmart in Seattle, and they specialize in helping people break up with their current homes and upgrade to something that better fits their current lifestyle. The Parsons team is growing rapidly with small plans for world domination. So everyone, thank you for tuning in to episode three, and I'm so excited to have Mel Parsons here. Hi, Mel. Hello, Nick. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that you're here. I have known of you for a while, and we just recently met in person at a conference. When was that? Just several months ago? Yeah, it was April 2019. Awesome. That was so cool. And I started talking to you at one of the parties and you just started telling me your story. I mean, it's not like you just came up to me and just started blurting your story (laughs) out. That would have been weird. But your story is pretty incredible. And I wanted to have you on Real Estate Rewind because it's one of those stories that I love going back to. And I tell your story periodically to people. Your story is like one of those things like someone complains about how they're not successful in real estate. I go, really? It's, you should talk to Mel Parsons because really, what's your excuse, right? It's one of those stories. Uh, so, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. It, uh, I mean, it is. I hope you take that as a compliment because yeah. I, I, you have taken victim mentality and thrown it out the window and we're going to get people really interested in, in, in what you went through. So you, ha- you do have a great story. So I just want you to kind of like First, tell us a little bit about you and like mm-hmm. in your intro, said that you you gave birth to babies. You were uh, a midwife, right? Yep. Yep. So gave birth to my own babies, lots of them. We'll get to that. And also was the um, midwife. You know, actually midwives have this special term. People say generally that people um, deliver babies, right? Oh yeah, I deliver babies. Well, back when um, in the 70s, and it was like, we need to give this back to women. Uh, so midwives, we catch babies, and they deliver them, but I could never really fully get on board. So yes, I delivered babies uh, in Seattle as a midwife, actually uh, having my own first baby at 24 totally spurred that. She was five months old. I entered into becoming a midwife uh, into this three-year grad program, and my husband nearly, you know, raised our first by himself while I did that. 
And in Washington state to become a licensed midwife, you actually have to be at 100 births just to graduate. Wow. So, really? Okay. Yeah. Really high expectations, which is awesome. So by late 2012, I was running my own practice with a really good friend of mine. And we had, you know, between the two of us, a good 1500 births together. And it was, it was super fun. It was such an honor to be invited into people's lives so intimately. A little education, but people go to a midwife just like they do any OB for their prenatal care from their first appointment when they know they're pregnant all the way through their final postpartum visit. So you're with these families for like a year really closely. And it, it was just such a special time and a time um, where I neared, neared burnout for sure. Um, working hours like that, not knowing when you get to be off. <laughs> Like, what am I just going to be like? Anyway, I'm done. I know that your kid isn't out yet, but I'm out. So that part was really, was really challenging. It was really hard on my family, you know, holidays and birthdays. And my, I was going to say my pager would go off. That's dating this. My pager would go off. <laughs> your pager? <laughs> we're, we're, uh, millennial, we're millennial. Millennials are listening to this. What, a, I know. A pager was before a cell phone. Just so I know. We actually still use those. The hospital still, you notice that yeah. everybody has a pager on their hip. So it just, it did get really, um, really tough at times for my family, but, mm-hmm. but I loved it. And the truth is I, I was great at it. It was, it was something that absolutely shaped me in early adulthood. So, yeah. It's interesting because you were a midwife and you, you got to really know people at really deep, intimate levels. And I imagine that that transitions well over into selling houses and, deal, and, and being, getting close with your consumers and your clients, because that's like, kind of the next step, you have the baby and then you want to buy the house, right? Or you have yeah. another baby, then you want to upsize. So there's a yeah. lot of personal information that goes along with that as well. So I'm assuming that that is helping you. In your yeah, success. absolutely. It's the same. It's transitions, right? Being with people through big transitions, being, being the calm for people when they are freaking out right? The parallels are somewhat endless. And um, my clients, by the end of the time working together, they're just like dying about all of the birth analogies. But really, you have this desired outcome. And there's a few different ways to get there. And you don't quite know how you're going to get there. And, and you're not your best self along the way. Like when people freak out on me during uh, appraisal and but the photographer's late and they're just screaming at me. I just pretend I just told them they're still four centimeters. Like, <laughs> listen, I know you're yelling at me, but I don't need to take this personally. Yeah. This isn't about me. And, and I'm able to keep that separation that keeps it calm. Yeah. So what you're saying is before we become real estate agents, we should all be midwives. Is that yeah. What everybody should go deliver babies. <laughs> yes. Because you deliver know what? Babies. Here's the deal. When I was looking at getting into real estate, I was asking real estate agents wherever I could find them. Can you tell me what's the hardest part? Like what, what makes it, um, oh, I hear it's hard. Why is it hard? And they'd say, oh man, you got to give up your nights and weekends. I was like, but you're like done by 2 a.m., right? You get to go home then? 
they're just like, sometimes you've just sat down to do something and it's, you know, you have this offering and you have to talk about it. I'm like, whatever. Uh, They say, it's really hard because you might have to call and tell your clients they didn't get the house they want. And I'm like, you have no idea the things I've had to call and tell people. You can't even imagine, right? If that's your, oh, it's so hard. Like, whatever, you're not homeless tonight. You still have a house to sleep in. You just didn't get the one you wanted. <laughs> I can do <laughs> Right, that. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I love that. And it really, when you hear agents talking about, oh, you know, my clients, or I'm going to answer them 24-7, 365. I mean, you were delivering babies. You were, you, you, sometimes you would have to do that, right? And yeah. so, like, before we went live, you know, you had, I know you had to answer a text message and you're like, oh, you know, people are freaking out. And you're yeah, like, yeah. So casual about it because, like, yeah. you have literally been. I mean, you have literally been there with, I mean, life coming into the world. And I yeah. think that, I mean, obviously, it's a stressful situation, it's a beautiful situation, but you have been, you've experienced real emergencies. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And the thing is, a part, another thing that I think clients appreciate in working with me, another parallel is. When things are just, we all know this, anybody listening to this that works in real estate knows that it can get nuts. You can be like, are you kidding me? Someone's going to about to call and tell me that one of my listings burned down because that's the kind of day I'm having. Like it can get crazy. And here's the deal. When that stuff is happening, I truly believe it's our job to protect our clients from the chaos. Our clients do not need to hear about, well, I don't know. We just found a bankruptcy on, you know, in this title search. I do not need to quickly text to them because this could be resolved by 4 p.m. and they never needed to know. And I teach that to my team also. Listen, yes, we, we hear another offer is coming in and you're writing an offer. That's data right now. Nobody flip out. You, you're the one setting the tone here. And I've managed, you know, these serious emergencies. You've got a postpartum hemorrhage. You've got a baby that needs resuscitating. Do you think it's going to help anybody if I'm screaming, you need to stop bleeding? Like, (laughs) no, you just manage the situation. And then afterward, you go ahead and say, that was scary. We, we didn't like that. And I'm glad we're through it. And it's very similar in real estate. Part of what you want these clients thinking dang, that was a breeze. And you're over here just like pulling your hair out, making it that way for them. I bring that right into real estate, that same demeanor. I love it. I love it. Um, A lot of people listening could definitely listen to that. I mean, like you said, our clients may be stressed and angry, but they're not stressed and angry at us. We're just there. Yeah. Right. Like when a woman's giving birth, she's screaming and yelling. She's not mad at you. Nope. Right. Right. So, you know, there's just things that happen. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you had your own children and this goes back to why you eventually got into real estate. So can you you just kind of tell us a little bit about, about that story so people can understand it? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that transition. So I had my own two kids and wanted to add to the family. And um, interestingly, if you talk to my amazing husband, Ben, who just is the most incredible willingness to follow me through life and all the crazy things I want to do, 
he was like, oh my gosh, if we're going to have another baby, I don't know about this. If you can keep being a midwife and I'm not sure. And um, we were talking about maybe a big break in there. Not so sure. And then, and then the uh, path kind of revealed itself. Sadly, our third baby had a very rare genetic condition and we learned that she would not actually live long outside the womb. So I was a midwife in practice with my own round belly with my clients. They know that we, you know, we're pregnant together. And, and here I have my own baby girl who lives 64 minutes the most sacred 64 minutes of my life. And I thank you for not being scared to bring me on to talk about this because this is the real life stuff that humans connect over. So her name is Phoenix and Phoenix lived that one hour and four minutes and absolutely transformed us in our time with her. And after Phoenix was born, I very understandably hated all pregnant women. I was like, no way can I do this. I remember when someone asked me about what, um, how many grams of essential fatty acids they should be getting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't care. Your kid could die. And that was when I knew that these clients deserved more in a midwife than someone who was so deep in trauma and grief. Thankfully, my business partner, I'll never forget, sent me a text one night and said, would you like out? And it was just the best thing she could have done for me. Within two weeks, we sat down with attorney papers and, and I was out and she carried on. And I'm so grateful to her to this day. We're very good friends. Um, she allowed me the space I needed to be home in my own tiny little nest grieving. Grief is work. Anybody who's really lost someone close to them will tell you it is work. Well, I didn't go into that very well set up to just be off of work for a year. Right. <laughs> actually, right. you know, I do actually like to share with real estate agents because I think a lot of times they don't know this. The best year I ever had in real estate, and now this is like probably 2011, this is like 10 deliveries a month, which is intense, plus two days a week of prenatal clinic and home visits at people's house to see their babies postpartum. I made $65,000 that year. That was the best year I'd ever had financially. Mm-hmm. So, And living right in the heart of Seattle with a family of four, uh, we, were not, uh, we were not prepared for this. So I... Stayed, I stayed home and the days all ran together and I was proud of myself for getting laundry from the washer to the dryer. And it was right. It never felt more right to be there in that space. Um, just providing stability for my older two kids who were nine and five and met and held their sister. They needed that also from me. But I'm still me. And I still was like, there's no way I cannot work. <laughs> right, right. What will I do with myself? I'm going to lose my mind. And so I had a little meeting with myself one day. Pulled out a piece of paper and a pen. And I wrote down, what 
made me a good midwife. Because I was like, I'm not going back to school for 150 grand. No, thank you. What am I going to do? And I, I know I live in Seattle, but I'm no software developer. I can't do that. So I wrote down, calm under pressure, warm and approachable. Just these attributes that people had said about me. And I looked at that and I thought, what can I do with this? What am I going to do? I actually wrote down Peace Corps question mark. I kind of considered like, maybe I need everything to have huge meaning and take my family out, yeah. out of the country. And then I actually thought, what about real estate? Now, here's the deal, Nick. I had never bought or sold a home. I was in a position where we were renting and begging our landlord, please, could we have a little bit longer to pay you? I had gotten on food stamps. I was using whatever scholarship I could get for my kids to be in ballet. I was trying to hide from the kids when we would get the letters from the school offering free lunch. My husband was building some and the guy he was building for actually gave him a car one day. Side note, I have a $1.8 million listing on the market, two doors down from that guy who gave that to Ben. Oh, and nice. he came over and talked to me the other day and I said, do you see my Tesla Model X out front? <laughs> Remember what you gave me this car like five years ago? That's awesome. Anyway, it was really, really rough. And I was actually, I didn't know what to do. I was um, watching some other people's kids at my house for $15 an hour. And I was on Groupon one day and I saw that I could get a real estate license for $180. What a bargain. <laughs> you know how many kids I had to babysit just to get that license? Oh. <laughs> so I Amazing. bought it. I took it as a sign and I bought that Groupon. And slowly did the mind-numbing real estate course online over the next year. You mean the class, that, the class that teaches you how to stay out of jail? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how to figure out what an acre, how to calculate an acre. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah. that's an amazing, I love that story. It doesn't get, it never gets old hearing it. So, okay. That's how you got into real estate. Let's just talk about your first year a little bit. Were you fumbling through it? Was there, was there anything you would do differently? How did that go for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, by the way, I just want everyone to know, it was only, what, four years ago? Yeah. I got my license 2015, four years okay. ago. Mm-hmm. And I actually asked my neighbors for some professional clothes because I didn't have any. I, uh, let's not leave out that I had just had another baby, baby Nico, and he is just, he's now five years old. Awesome. And, and so I, yeah, I had, I, I got some professional clothes from, um, my neighbors that are so sweet at gifting things to each other. And I just, I was just winging it. I mean, if I, it is somewhat hilarious, hilarious at this point where I was and what I was doing, writing down, if you ask me, what was my CRM? Papers and napkins, with, right. you know, phone numbers and, and names. And I was, I, I had no goal to be where I am right now at that point. I, I couldn't see past, I need to get off food stamps. Mm-hmm. And I, I need some consistency. I need to get out from under this stress. You know, here's the thing. We talk about how real estate is stressful and it's true. It is, but I am telling you this compared to the stress of 
trying to keep a household going on barely any money, it's, it, this is the best gift of a stress ever compared to that. Well, you know, I think it's stressful for a lot of agents because think about it. I mean, most agents only do three or four deals a year, right? True. So, yeah. I mean, if you have a pipeline, like you have a pipe, I mean, you have a pipeline, yeah. your production's amazing. We'll get into how you've grown in a little yeah. bit, but I mean, when you have a pipeline and you've got, you know, 10, 15 listings, you know, or you're working with like 10 buyers or whatever, mm-hmm. if one, if one deal falls apart, like, yeah, sure. It sucks, but you've got that pipeline for most agents. They're literally living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. So that's where a majority of the stress comes in. But yeah, I mean, if you have a real business, then it's just, you know, it operates like a business and some things work out and some things don't. Yeah. Um, so when did you start to stop? When did you start to stop winning it? You know, when yeah, did you yeah. get systems in place and learn the right way to go about running your business? Yeah, that's great. So I... I found a lovely Facebook group called Lab Code Agents. You might have heard what? of that. Yes. Lab Code Agents. I love Lab Code. <laughs> yes, yes. They're they're lovely. I'm glad you're also a member of that group. So I found this group and I honestly just read for hours and hours and hours whatever people were saying there. And I was like, oh, okay. These are some really important steps that people are taking in order to not just be running around with their head cut off. And then I could see the people that were really leveling up and might actually be able to take time off. Like these people had systems in place so that they could turn their phone off and business doesn't fall apart. I wanted that so bad. I started looking at, I saw Amanda Todd, I saw Brittany Howard. I saw women doing what I wanted to do and giving me inspiration. And I hilariously wanted to do whatever was being done in front of me. So do you want, are you ready for a really funny mistake? Yes. All about mistakes. Okay. Here's a really funny mistake. So it's 2016. I think I, I think that in my winging it first year, it was just under 10 million, um, in volume. That Hold on. I, Your first year winging it was 10 million. Mm-hmm. In volume. I mean, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good winging it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> I'm going to give this a try. And I, it turns out I love it. Yeah. And, um, it also turns out that there's a bunch of people in the city that already trusted me enough to be there to deliver their baby. What's that's selling right. their house. So. Then I was like, I'm going to do whatever these people do. I'm just going to do whatever they do. They're all talking about this thing, Commissions Inc. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like, because (laughs) this is going to get really good, because I need a CRM, because I'm using napkins in my car. I need a CRM. And today, Tristan Ahamada posted that if you sign up before the end of the day, you get 50% off. Oh, I got to do it. So I got to do it, even though that 50% off. It's still like $1,500 a month. (laughs) Right, exactly. But I need a CRM, right? I needed a CRM. And that's what this Commission Zinc must have been. So I sign up for this thing, having no clue that I'm signing up for an online lead system. Do you think I'm in the least bit prepared to respond to any online leads? No. I'm like... Yeah, it's probably like a faucet of leads coming in. Yes. I had no clue what I was doing. And finally, I was like... I think this isn't just a CRM. 
something tells me I'm paying way too much money for something I'm not actually using. I was not at all prepared. Now, had I been prepared, this is a huge like look back and go, oh my gosh, that was probably some great business that came my way and I did nothing with. But I seriously was so new, still very much, even though 10 million, I still felt like I was drinking from the fire hose of this new industry and was not at all prepared for online leads. So $6,000 later, I canceled. You learned your lesson. Online leads are a whole different beast. And while we love them on our team, you know, you are just a different personality. And so, you know, you're, you're, I mean, it's not like you can't have relationships with online leads, but I think, you know, some people just don't understand like the speed to lead. It's not like you don't understand it, but it's a whole different, I mean, the scripts are different. It's all totally, totally. So that was a mistake that you learned. Stay away (laughs) from that. Yep. Yep. That was a funny mistake in hindsight. I'm like, oops. So that's not what a CRM is. A $6,000 mistake. Sometimes you have to make those. Sometimes you make those. Exactly. Hey, those of us that, um, that mess up big often win big. So I'm happy to own it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a big mistake at the beginning. Then, then I found in lab coats, I found the people just talking about like, but what's right in front of you? What are you overlooking? Who already knows, likes, and trusts you? Mm-hmm. And what can you do to absolutely become their go-to? And I started drawing those out of lab codes because there's a science to that also. Lab codes sure. isn't just about online leads. It is, it's about how do we get in at every opportunity to be the go-to person. So then I started learning a lot from people there. And decided, you know what I'm going to do? This is bold, but I'm going to just establish a niche. It was 2016. It's only the next year, but you know, I was moving quickly. Mm. I said, here's what I do. I help unstuck people because really low inventory in the city here. And people were like, well, I'd love to buy a new house, but how can I do that? All my money is in this one. And I've got three kids in one bedroom. I heard that story over and over and over and over. And I'm like, these people are sitting on like $400,000 of equity because they don't know how to make a change. So I developed the Upgrade Buyer Program. Mm -hmm. And upgrade doesn't actually mean the house has to be bigger with a nicer sink, right? It's just what better fits your lifestyle. When I honed in on that, that is when my people came out of the woodwork, Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So explain to me what the upgrade buyer program is a little bit. Uh, I use the word program because that's what men like to hear. And then I get their attention. I'll be really honest about that. Yes. And and it sounds super, it sounds special. Yes. Yes, it is. The upgrade buyer program. Uh, I'll have couples in an open house and the the woman could hang out with me the rest of the day. And I can tell her husband kind of wants to go. And I say, Listen, I hear that that condo you're living in on Capitol Hill is not working for you anymore. If you guys would like to get together and talk about the Upgrade Buyer Program, I think it could really save you a lot of money and get you out of there. And then they light up and they come walk over to me. They're like, what? Let's talk about that. So essentially what I'm doing is giving them the um, time and strategy to come up with how do we get your equity out of this house? get you another one in this same low inventory market and get your house sold. And there's a few different ways we can do it. And of course, I'm going to talk to them about 
um, if we're doing both of these deals together, because I'm all about getting two deals out of one client, right? For sure. If we're going to do these two deals together, I am most definitely going to help you out financially on the second one in a 12 month span. I love it. I love it. It's all about how you present it. All right. So the business started to grow. Um, You obviously needed some leverage. You wanted to start a team. Yep. Let's talk about how you realized it was time and what was your first hire? Great. I realized it was time when I was staying up until 1.30 in the morning and getting up at 5.30 to, to handle my workload. And I am, I think, cut from the same cloth as a lot of team leaders in real estate, that detail stuff of the transaction, like takes my, uh, it constricts my airway. Like I cannot handle all of those details. And so my very first hire was a transaction coordinator. And yes, yes. I went through one and then I've been with the same one since 2016. That is huge because it is so hard to find someone that good and who will stick with you. And I'm the same way. I, when it comes to organizational things, like Mm -hmm. I would rather have a a root canal. Like I, I need to just be in front of people having conversations and everything else. Just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm a disorganized. I'm actually the more disorganized I look the more organized I am, if that's, if that makes sense. Like my desk is like full of papers, but I know where everything is. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that transaction coordinator that helped so much. Then uh, we welcomed another baby into the world at the end of 2016. And now uh, that shop's all closed up and we have um, (laughs) our lovely four that we're raising at home. That's and awesome. they span 13 years. Whoa. So it's, it's a very active life. That is a lot of fun. Well, yes. so how, wait, how old is the oldest and the what's the youngest? Yeah, the oldest is 15 and the youngest is two. So is that they a built-in baby? They both throw tantrums. Both those, they both throw tantrums. You know, it, it's kind of cool. Is the 15-year-old a built-in babysitter yet or not quite? You know, we do our very best. I will answer what she would say. Yes, in order to pay for my phone and guitar. But we do our best to, <laughs> yeah. um, to not just that's, stick in that position. That's but, awesome. Yeah. All right. So tell us about how, okay, so you got the, the TC. Okay, yes. So I got the TC. Again. Then, uh, then I, when I had Oscar, my youngest, that is when my husband, Ben, and I looked at each other and said, wait a second here. Why? Are we, why is Mel stopping, you know, work with people that can make us a lot of money this month to go pick up kids from schools? Well, Ben is working at a job remodeling houses and he can't stand it. And all he wants to do is be with his kids. And our eyes opened and Ben went and got his real estate license so that he could work with our buyers while I was with itty bitty baby Oscar. That was awesome. Super cool. People love the idea of a dad with little ones in real estate. They love that. So that was super cool. But he's a really high C and he hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. I don't think it was a $6,000 mistake, but uh, it actually really got us a sweet maternity leave. And people loved his construction experience and Mm. knowledge. But but yeah, we knew that wasn't a long-term solution. So here's what we did next, which was really key. I knew that I needed 
an assistant. I knew that I did, but I was so scattered and everything was all over the place that I actually hired a friend whose brain is the total opposite of mine. Can I, before you go on, I just want to say that I love that because so many people make hiring, hiring mistakes like, oh, I just met with so-and-so and and I love them. They're just like me. We're going to get along so well. Now, when you hire someone who's just like you, yes, you're just like you. Yep. Yeah. So they can do, they still can't do what you can do. So that's awesome. I love that you, that you realize that. Yeah. So, um, this friend is so opposite of me. I knew it wasn't a long-term thing. It was, I was actually hiring her like as a consultant to help me put together the playbook for the Parsons team so that I could bring an assistant in. I mean, this, this person that I hired is amazing, but not super like into people. And you kind of got to be into people in at some point in real estate. It helps. So I drove around the city to appointments with her on speakerphone. She's saying, okay, so what is the system for a seller lead? Okay, here is the system for a seller lead. She is typing out and putting together in the most beautiful way, everything. And she, we just dreamed up my new assistant. We said, this is what the new assistant does. When this happens, the assistant does this and then this. So I had that already. And then I gave her the job of hiring me an assistant and she found me someone amazing. That is awesome. I love it. Are they still with you? Actually, she just moved on. Oh, and, no. Um, yeah, that's okay. This happens. Yeah. This is I how it changes. You want that to happen, though. Yes. Because if there's other opportunities, you know, you don't want to hold them back. Yes, exactly. And this is just uh, the nature of this industry. You, you've, you've got to be ready to have things shift and change. And I actually brought my uh, new executive assistant. Uh, I leveled up even more from like, oh yeah, I have you at 30 hours a week to full-time salaried. I'm even going to take care of your uh, health benefits. I brought her down to LCA Live with me. To you immerse did? Her. Oh, I, did. I met her. Yeah, I remember. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that just to awesome. immerse her into the industry, my aspirations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, she just started in May, 2019. That's awesome. Super happy for you. And the yeah. thing is like, you know, you always have to be building what's called your bench, right? So like you always have mm-hmm. to, like for me, I'm a team leader for an office and I also run a sales team. And so I have to always, is when I step down from being a team leader of the office, you know, I need to know who I would want to replace me. I got right. to build that, you know, the, these positions, you know, people aren't in them forever, Right. Right. You have to just you have to be on the lookout for talent all the time. So so tell us about what I love about you is that you're just an implementer. Like four years ago, you found a Groupon for (laughs) 185 bucks or whatever it is. You know, got your real estate license. Yeah. 10 million your first year kind of by accident. Yeah. You found a Facebook group called Lab Code Agents. Mm-hmm. And you also got a coach, right? You have a coach. Yeah. So uh, 2016, I started coaching with Club Wealth. And I've had three different coaches through Club Wealth okay. uh, that have, I definitely uh, attribute uh, tons of my success to my coaching. Awesome. So you got a coach and you just started implementing and things didn't work. You made thousands, you made, you know, $6,000 mistakes. Yep. But you kept going. And I don't want to get this wrong, but from day one to now, I mean, your production is what this year, 30 over, what is it? 
Yeah, we <laughs> we're making lots of changes this year. Uh, so it's well, not last always year was what. Yeah, last year, 34 million last yeah, year. It's huge. huge. Yeah. I love it. And and so that was my third year in the business. So uh, yeah. zero to 34 million in three years because she implemented. I mean, really, yeah. if you, th- you know, and the funny thing is when, when I, when I talk to top producing agents, the one thing that is a common, that's common among them all is they're not doing anything that's that's shiny, right? They're just implementing things. You yeah. know, they're making phone calls. They're they're keeping yeah. in touch with their sphere of influence, but they're doing it diligently every single day, and they're not afraid to take risks and try new things. So yeah. when I talk to agents who excel really quickly in a short period of time, and you're like, wait a minute, like that's all you're doing? Yeah, well, you know, it's simple, not easy, right? It's simple. yeah, yeah. I always tell, um, I'm always telling my team. Listen, there is no secret sauce here. And your mind will lie to you and tell you, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't quite know what I need to do. And once I, I do the right thing, then I'll have what I want and, and it'll be great. Yeah. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I am telling you right here, pick up the phone and call these people. Go host this open house. Pick up your phone and make a video. Right. Be the real estate expert. There's nothing shiny about it. You just do it day after day after day and you grow in momentum and you build a sales pipeline. And it's what people have been doing before the internet. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, we could have a whole other podcast about your videos. I mean, Mel's got some fantastic videos and she goes around town and she features local businesses and they're super personable and she's getting involved in her community. And I just, I I love all that stuff. And people like to work with people who they know, like, and trust and people who they feel love where they live, right? Like Mm -hmm. work with agents who love where they live. And yeah. so that's what you're doing. So um, before we wrap it up, I got a question for you. So yes. I know it's kind of a cliche question, but you know, you said that the Parsons team is growing rapidly with small plans of world domination. So I got to ask you, what do you see for yourself in the next five years? Where do you want your team to be? And where do you want to be? Yeah, thank you. I want to, in the next five years, hey, I, I'm learning to speak actually, like in the in the more retrospective, like, Mel accomplished this. I'm practicing this with myself. So in the next five years, I'm going to develop greater boundaries between my addiction to working and my family time. That's a real deal. That's going to happen. I will have expansion teams in areas that I also love, right? Because why not? Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're going to do more of what we've done here in Seattle. We'll have a much greater piece of the Seattle market by then. And I will be able to go on trips for two to three weeks with my family and the business will keep thriving. That is where I'll be. Perfect. Leverage, leveraging people, leveraging systems. Yes. And, you know, I always say when agents say, when I ask them what their exit plan is and they go, no exit plan, I'll do this till the grave. I'm like, dude, really? Like, no way. What are you working for? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, no way. It makes it makes no sense. But listen, to each his or her own. Yes. I do this because I want to the same as you. I want more family time. I want to travel more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I just turned forty, and I'm like, yep. holy same. crap! There's so same. much I haven't yep. done. 
And so that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know, I use a lot of automation in my business because I want to know that if an important lead comes in, it's followed up with, and I'm at home with my kids having dinner and putting them to bed and spending that time with them. I didn't get into this to work 24 seven, 365 and yep. neither did you. Yep. Well, listen, I always love talking to you. I think your story is fantastic. I can't say that enough. And like I said before, I love Mel because she just does it, right? She just implements stuff and she's not afraid to make $6,000 mistakes. <laughs> you know That's I mean? right. That's right. As long as um, you uh, fail forward and uh, learn a lot and then go make a sale that brings you three exactly. times that much. <laughs> So I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Real Estate Rewind. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, whatever other podcast platform there is out there, please subscribe so you get notifications when new episodes get uploaded every week. Thank you so much for listening. And Mel mentioned Lab Code Agents. Go join Lab Code Agents on Facebook and check out www.labcodeagents.com where we have hundreds of blogs written for agents by agents. If you want to have the same success as Mel, just go implement and read lab codes. All right, Mel, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you being here and I hope everyone enjoyed listening. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for all you do. Thanks. I appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Hope you liked this week's show. Feel free to share it with anyone looking to improve their career and their bottom line as a real estate agent. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes are posted. Real Estate Rewind with Nick Baldwin. Real Estate Unwound.